Welcome everyone to a very special edition of a Shot of Business Central and a Beer podcast this week. I'm Michael and Trevor Tolo of Solution Systems, and we are a gold Microsoft ERP cloud data analytics and ISV partner. As always, I'm joined by my uh, fellow co-host, Ken Sebahar, and this week is also special because Ken brought the beer this week. So, Ken, how's it going? Yeah, it's going great, Michael. Um, I am super excited, even more than normal, uh, to be here today. We have our end-of-the-year holiday episode where we'll close out by sharing some plans for wrapping up the end of the year. Uh, and then some great news to share, as always, in our shot segment. Uh, and then, of course, a very interesting beer that we're going to drink. But most importantly, we have our very first guest ever yes. on Shot of Business Central podcast. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we're setting the bar <laughs> yeah. very high. <laughs> so without further ado, let me go ahead and introduce our guest today. Joining us here at Solution Systems in Rolling Meadows is Jim Geo. Director of Information Systems at Triangle Package Machinery Company, located not too far from here in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, we've invited Jim here today to, to hear directly from a Business Central customer and user uh, to share his experiences and perspectives regarding Microsoft, Business Central, and the whole uh, technology scene. Uh, I know customers love hearing directly from other customers and and how they're using the system. We have hundreds of people that tune in uh, to this podcast on a regular basis. A lot of them are are end users and customers, so I'm sure they're going to enjoy hearing uh, what Jim has to say today. Um, I don't want to steal any more of of Jim's thunder. (laughs) Steal away. Welcome, Jim. Uh, We're happy to have you joining us here today and share your perspective. And also have some fun uh, drinking some beer and sharing our perspective on that as well. Well, thanks so much for having me today. I really appreciate it. We know you don't like to be first at anything, but you are the first guest. (laughs) Yeah, setting the bar high. Well, I appreciate that today, gentlemen. Thank you. No problem. So uh, what kind of beer we got today? Yep. So uh, I went uh, over to our our local uh, beverage depot, Binnie's, here. We like to go. The selection is pretty wide. So I was perusing the aisles here, and um, I did pick two different beers. Yeah. And I, I did let our guest have some input. So he agreed, and I think he agreed with both of us. Um, one of the beers, you know, we might share, we might do that in a, in a future episode. Yeah. Um, but today we're drinking Arrogant Bastard Ale. Oh, man. From uh, the, I believe, it, what is it, the Arrogant... Um, uh, consortia, consortia Brewing yeah. Company. So, um, I think uh, what I wanted to do is just um, read off. We'll start it off. Well, first, let's start off. Let's. I'm thirsty. All right. So let's crack these suckers open. I want to know why uh, Jim picked this beer over the other one. Because I really think it resembled, you know, my personality more than <laughs> anything else. <laughs> And I was a little nervous about it, right? I'm, I'm like, we have Jim coming on the show. Yeah. Do I get a beer called Arrogant Bastard? Yeah. Am I, I don't know might like it or anything. I don't want him to <laughs> insinuate anything here. Insinuate away. I think it's a perfect fit. <laughs> so, yeah. So I'm pouring this in here. And while, definitely, ooh, I love the, I love the smell. Um, 
And while we're while we're smelling and sniffing here, I want I'll just read the top part off the off the can here. All right. Uh, it says this is an aggressive beer. You probably won't like it. It is quite doubtful that you have the taste or sophistication to be able to appreciate an ale of this quality and depth. We would suggest that you stick to a safer, more familiar territory. Maybe something with a multi-million dollar ad campaign aimed at convincing you it's made in a little brewery. Or one that implies that their tasteless, fizzy yellow beer will give you more sex appeal. <laughs> Perhaps you think multi-million dollar ad campaigns make a beer taste better. Perhaps you're mouthing your words as you read this. So, so somebody clearly worked at a big beer, big brewing company beforehand. Little and decided to grind. Yeah. 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 yeah, detecting a little touch of that, right? So a lot of people describe this as having a pine needle type of a smell. I guess I don't get that though, but earthy. <laughs> yeah, earthy. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, I'm, I'm terrible at description or whatnot for it. So it's definitely like a brown mm-hmm. ale. You can taste yeah. that, like toasty, like a toastiness to it. I have a, f- a couple funny. Michael loves the uh, oh, God, the, the, yes. the great reviews that people make. Um, and the, the descriptive terms that yeah, they use. I have yes. no idea where they come up with these things. So I've got a couple fun, couple fun ones here. Uh, one that caught my eye is, A bold blast of hop bitterness opens up to grapefruit rind, pine needles, caramel sweetness, and a hint of char. So what, what, what is, I mean, who eats char? I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, You've tasted you char? Know? Yeah. Yeah. A nice big steak. Yeah, before. but I mean. How about this? Char, so maybe but... you've tasted char or maybe you've tasted pine needles. But how about this one? Taste is complex. Dark fruits, hoppy, yeast, caramel, faint traces of funk and horse blanket. <laughs> horse blanket. Funk and horse blanket. Jim, would you describe it with any of those? <laughs> Honestly, no. Horse blanket? <laughs> I'm not even sure why you taste a horse blanket. But right, right. Yeah, exactly. What does funk but, taste like? <laughs> but, but, the, but the best part of that is, is that overall, this, it says at the very end, this one's a winner. This one's a winner. <laughs> All right, somebody's I, definitely a cattle rancher. <laughs> so... I guess, and it says as so. We had this a couple times ago, a couple episodes ago, Michael. As the beer warms, the flavors intensify. Yeah. So these aren't. Think, this is not super cold right now. No, right. right so, no, not at all. Yeah. That seems to be more common with darker beers for some reason. As it warms, the the, the taste, the taste intensifies. I would it changes agree, actually. I would agree that it is strong, and it is like it's got a ton of flavor in it. It's got a pretty strong aftertaste too. Yeah. But you it's know not, what I mean? It's not bitter on the after. No, no. It's like toasted. Yeah. It's, like it's not as scary milk. as they make it make it out to seem either. You well, know, I thought for sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's I thought I was going to take a taste and be like, oh, my God, I don't want to drink any of that. It's the marketing, right? That's that's the genius. Uh, 7.2%. So we got a, it's a six-pack of 16-ounce uh, cans. I think it was kind of reasonable, reasonably priced. Um I don't remember off the top of my head, but maybe it's like ten or twelve dollars. Yeah. It's so for a six pack, sixteen ounces, seven point two percent. We able to see any of their other beers? I only saw one other beer. It was uh, it was called End Night, and it was inspired by Metallica. Ah, which kinda, I guess kind of get it. Kind of see that. Uh, yeah. The website, <laughs> the website I thought was it interesting. Just lost credibility now. It lost credibility. <laughs> 
The website I thought was interesting because it uh it, it took it has a take on the Eye of Providence that's found on the back of the Dower Building, you know, the pyramid yeah. with, the, with the eye. Yeah. They have a pyramid with, I don't know if it's a pyramid, they have a triangle with an eye on their website, which was, kind of gave me a sort of like an Illuminati, secret underground ah, type of thing. Yes. You know, so maybe that's what they're going for, but it's definitely uh, interesting. So pretty good. Do we want to, do we want to rate Give a rating, or do you want to wait until uh, the wrap up, and we'll do our rating at the wrap up? Uh, I'm, I can give let's a rating, let, you know. but I mean we can let away if it's going to change let's, in, in let's flavor. Let it, let's yeah, let so it simmer. We'll, we'll come back bit. and uh, do a little cliffhanger, a little tease. Come back at the end for the uh, for the ratings. So we're gonna have to break out the backup beer. <laughs> well, we'll see. We have uh, we have soda, water here, but yeah, we do have backup here. That's a good point. Um, so yeah, so we're gonna we're, let's wrap up this segment. Yeah, here. next next we'll talk about we'll we'll dive into the shot of Business Central, which is a little bit of news. There's not too much, but uh, we're gonna bring you with what we got. So stay tuned. All right, back for segment two, which is the shot of Business Central. We're going to be talking about a little bit of news for Business Central. There's not too much this week. Uh, first thing that I noticed was that the cumulative update 13 for Microsoft Dynamics 365 Business Central on-premises was released in November. You might want to talk to your partner about getting the, the roll-up update. Uh, they'll know better and whatnot if, if you need it or whatnot. Other than that, Ken's, got, Ken's going to talk a little bit about the learning resources from Microsoft. Yeah. So um, there's a new um, site out there that Microsoft has been developing, and it's called Microsoft Learn. Uh, and they're, they're developing this site not just for Business Central, but it's for other products as well. Uh, so Azure, um, other Dynamics products that are out there. But definitely nice. Business Central is, is one of the, one of the uh, products that they're doing this for. And so what's cool about it is it's, it's free to use. Anyone can go to Microsoft Learn and uh, you, you actually can use it without even creating an account. Oh. So you can access, it's a public available site, all of the, the resources, videos, training exercises, and everything are completely available to anyone. That's great. Now, if you create a Microsoft account, you then can actually track your own learning plan. So, uh, and what that means is you can go in and you can select um, like a specific um, area, like a role. Like, so for example, one role is um, a business user for Business Central. And when you select that role, you select the product, you select your role, it shows you uh, what's available. So right now there are over a hundred uh, videos or topics nice. available just for Business Central. So you're getting targeted videos based on your role or your selection, that is what you're saying? Correct. Beautiful. You know, from our perspective as a partner, there are also roles available. There is a functional consultant role. So, you know, people here so uh, at Solution learn. Systems, for example, can go there, use these uh, videos to, to, to learn new features as they're released. Uh, Microsoft is obviously continuing to invest in this and, and develop in there. Um, and I went in and I, I you know, I went in and, and checked it out. It's maybe, you know, a couple examples would be like using multi, 
multiple currencies in Business Central, uh, posting sales and purchase invoices in Business Central, processing customer and vendor payments, right? So, but there are, there are also basic ones, such as um, like searching, navigating, finding entries. Well, and the they're, all, they're, users, they're right? short little videos that are grouped together into segments. So what happens is if you log in, you, you log in as, uh, using your, any Microsoft account, mm -hmm. you then finish a topic and you earn a badge. Mm -hmm. nice. So now that badge, and you have a profile, and it says oh, you, you've earned this badge. And then once you cover an entire learning plan, uh, I believe you get a trophy. So it's good incentive. I can also see it being good for organizations, for their employees, to keep tabs, yeah. not tabs, to keep track of yeah, exactly. what's going on. So I actually did not know about it until we walked into the room here, and I'm actually looking at it right now. It's very easy to navigate and find your way through this. Um, it's very intuitive how they set it up. So that's... Uh, that's definitely a plus in uh, their category. So something you might you use. Know. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Especially if someone new walk in the door, right? They've never used anything before. Yeah. Um, at least you could develop a learning plan, point them in the right direction. Hey, go watch these topics, mm -hmm. uh, and this will give you a good. Maybe it's an hour or two hours of videos that gives yeah. them that good. Okay, here, lay of the land, so to speak. Right. It's good, too, because Business Central, it's only been around for, let's say, a year, or NAV was around for years and years and years, and they've accumulated so much video on NAV that you can find it in YouTube and whatnot. You can find some stuff on YouTube for Business Central, but not really featured for role or whatever it is you're, you're trying to learn right. for. Yeah. So. yeah, and there's different elements of it. So, like, within each kind of module, if you will, you know, there's like an introduction video, maybe a couple additional videos, then there might be an exercise that you can do. So if you have a Business Central environment, you can go in and attempt to do oh. these things. Then there's a check your knowledge. Uh, like a quiz or whatever? Quiz. Yeah. Oh, yeah. nice. And then kind of a, a wrap up or summary. Uh, and I, I did want to make sure I point out, they don't, you, don't, you don't get an actual real trophy delivered to your house. Oh. So you're getting like a digital it's, certificate it's or something? It's just a little icon that you oh, get okay. yeah, on, on your profile. <laughs> just, I don't want people to be getting excited because everyone loves getting trophies. Right? Right, so yeah. I don't want people to think that. Just go in and click through, don't even watch the video. Yeah. <laughs> See, here's the thing, though. Is like For me, like I always watch the videos with uh, Johannes, like Gun, whatever his name is, with a right, giant right, beard. Yes. So now I'm not going to have to watch him anymore. This <laughs> really, you know. Right, yeah, you guys have developed a relationship. I know I'm exactly who you're talking about. Yeah. Every, I think everybody that ever searches YouTube for NAV or Business Central videos finds he's this guy. Yeah, with the accent from, and everything, uh, yeah. 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 Yeah, he's got to be from Norway or Netherlands or something, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. got to be no. DJing more than working on NAV. But, but hey, but maybe, 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 uh, maybe he does a couple of videos here. You never know. You never know. Right. He might be the guy. <laughs> there's definitely, uh, and I watched a few of the videos, uh, there's definitely some different accents in there, so you, know, you never know. New relationships. There we go. <laughs> might be the same guy, maybe, or gal, just doing different accents to make it seem like they have a huge group <laughs> right. of people there making the videos. <laughs> like oh, with today's Williams, computer technology, yeah. why not? Right? Yeah. <laughs> like deep fake. Right <laughs> yep. So yeah, so I think it's a it's a you know a useful tool that's out there. Um, you know, check it out. Sounds like it's uh, pretty easy to use. All right. So our next segment is going to be our best segment. We're going to talk a little bit more with uh, Jim Geo and find out about him, his company, and what he thinks of Business Central. So 
Stay tuned, everybody. Back for segment three with our special guest, Jim Gio from Triangle Package Machinery Company. Very excited for you to be here. Oh, I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much. Great, great, great. So yeah, we just want to talk a little bit about, you know, NAV and Business Central and about yourself and, you know, what you do and what your background is and stuff like that. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Jim. Well, thank you. Uh, so I've been working in IT for about 22 years and actually I got in uh, on accident. So I uh, was working as a laborer for uh, Cook County at the time, and I was going to culinary school at night. And uh, my sister was kind enough to give me a job working on an IT help desk for a um, futures and commodities firm uh, for the Board of Trade and the Mercantile Exchange downtown. Nice. Uh, and I was working as tier one support. Um, I didn't, at the time, I didn't even realize you could hook two computers together, much, <laughs> much less... Uh, all the things that are come out now. So really, I was helping end users uh, get connected and uh, thankfully I had a really good um, boss at the time who was teaching me about networking and uh, just ex going into more about like what computers can do beyond just the simple things right. of data entry and whatnot. Yeah. Exactly, so it was, it was really nice. So I um, finished culinary school and I had a choice at the end of it and I said, you know what? You know, water's going to boil at the same temperature, you know, to the end of time. Right. But right. <laughs> um, when I got in, and you know, it was 97, I mean, everything was starting to pop. I mean, yes. it was just such a great time. So I'm like, you know what, let's stick with the computers. And I um, uh, decided, you know what, I'm going to stick with working in IT, and I'm uh, going to keep working on it. But what I tried to do was apply that hospitality approach to what I was doing. So uh, people had a very... Uh, a very bad opinion of IT when I first got into it. We were very condescending. We were very, you know, we're smarter than you are. And my oh, really? approach was more, and it still is to this day, and I always uh, tell my teams this, we can't sit down and do an accountant's job or do, you know, an order processor's job as quickly and sufficiently as they can. So have respect for that. They right. can't do our job. We can't do their job. We're going to fumble if... We do their job, they're gonna fumble if we do, they do our yeah. job. So, if you go into it with that, that humility and that respect, I think it, it, it translates, and I think that they are more willing to work with you. And I think you can get things resolved faster when your end users actually don't feel that you're talking down to them, that you're on a level playing field. So I took that sort of hospitality approach to working uh, with people, and um, nowadays it seems to be, the, thankfully, it's the norm, but back when I got into it, it was very, you know. yeah. That was a really new concept. Yeah, uh, I've I've never met anybody who uh, who had a culinary uh, background that went into IT. Have you? No, I, I don't believe I do. Me no. either. So that's, I'm really that's good fair. for office parties. <laughs> so, I was going to say. So how the does this, does this translate at all to <coughs> us drinking beer here and tasting beer? And you you can uh, maybe uh, taste those flavors or know what they are a little bit more. You know what the sad thing is, is that Cordon Bleu education where you're sitting there drinking beer going, Oh wow. I took, you know, sommelier classes for, you know, yeah. a semester. And it's like, well, I'm going to apply it towards beer instead of wine now. But hey, it <laughs> does, it all does translate. It goes back great. to that not being condescending part of what we do you know, in hospitality. That's great. That's great. We should have really done our homework, Michael, and brought in a nice bottle of red wine. Yeah, we were really on and a, had the reviews from whoever, so we right, could we could test right. These, pretend these. like we know what we're talking yeah. about. 
most people that are reviewing wine are pretending to know what they're talking about. So. <laughs> As apparently beer reviewers are, too. <laughs> Very um, horse blankety. So from, <laughs> so from 1997... Now you're uh, at Triangle Package Machinery and whatnot. So mm-hmm. what, what, what does Triangle actually do? So um, well, we manufacture packaging machines uh, for primarily for the food service industry. Uh, we've been in business for um, 97 years. Wow. It's a family-owned company. Um, we've operated in Chicago the entire time. Uh, so we are a very niche market uh, company, but a very complex company. Uh, and... What I love about this company is that they uh, care very deeply uh, about what the people that they're servicing need. So their customers, it's not just a matter of, this is, what our, this is our product, take it. We're actually trying to interact with our customers and saying, look, we know you bought 10, 20 machines off of us before. What does this particular machine need to look like? Every one of them is a new machine to us. and. Um, it definitely makes my job a little more interesting because the system has to be able to adapt to that uh, that uncertainty yeah. and that craziness. Right, and uh, you know, if you guys have been around for ninety-seven years, you're obviously doing something right, which is amazing. Ninety-seven years. Do you know if it's always been in the Chicagoland area? Yes, we've always wow. been here. That's great. So I, I remember it's probably been about five years since you guys chose to implement uh, Dynamics Nav at the time. Mm-hmm. Yes. So. What, what made you really choose like uh, Dynamics Nav and why did you even want to switch to new software? So the great part of this story is, and um, I think Ken may even uh, be able to um, add on to this a little bit. Uh, I have had experience with Nav uh, at previous companies, but walking into uh, Triangle, they um, were in the process of looking at new ERP systems and they were uh, using a... Um, system called MK at the time, and they were looking at upgrading to the newest version of it, which was Infor's um, LN product. Mm-hmm. And when I was interviewing with them, they had explained that someone had told them that uh, it was either going to be LN or Microsoft's AX. Oh. And during the interview process, I even had said, you know what, you guys don't have to hire me, but I just have to tell you this. From what I've seen on the website, you're not an AX customer, you're a NAV customer, maybe even GP. I said, but go look at NAV. I go, just, I don't want to see anybody get robbed. And off of that, uh, when I eventually got the job, uh, they brought me in, and NAV was technically just supposed to be a way of validating that LN was the right product to go with. Oh. So much so that even one of the people that was one of the decision makers was actually a salesperson for the product at one point in time. Really? And when I walked in, LN was going to be the product that we went with. And NAV was just to verify that this is, LN's the way to go. Yeah. As Ken will tell you, there was a lot of hoops to jump through. Um, we gave a lot of scenarios and wanted to break NAV and couldn't. Really? And by the end of all of the testing and everything, what started off as just the, we're just doing our due diligence turned into, there's no way we can't go with this product. Nice. So um, it's really um, speaks volumes about how powerful NAV is. That it came in as the underdog and really came out as the clear cut decision, or the, I'm sorry, the clear cut choice yeah. for what we would go with. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty good if you, you know, you're just trying to use Nav to validate, not to go with the other software. And yeah. it turns out to be, <clears throat> and I, to be the one. 
And I did. I do worked with Jim and the team when we were when we were doing the evaluation of the product, and I thought from the get go they were a really good um, candidate for NAV, um, primarily because of the fact that they needed a financial management system, right? All of your typical financials, also managing inventory, also doing manufacturing, and then also servicing that equipment that eventually became, got manufactured and sold, right? And so, so one of the, I think, strengths of NAV and Business Central is that you have a pretty, pretty deep level of functionality across all those different things, which a lot of times it's hard to find, where you, you have this piece, but this piece is missing. Right. So I think, uh, you know, NAV looked like a really good uh, platform. And what I really appreciated about uh, the Triangle team when they were evaluating is that they didn't uh, give to us a list of like 500 requirements. Although there were, <laughs> right? There's probably thousands of requirements that, that companies have like this. But they provided, I think, like maybe three scenarios with a little sample set of data even that said, hey, do this. Let's, let's see you do this. I and it was, it was you know, a very a, a difficult scenario with switching out components from production orders and planning and, and so on. Um, so, and, and I think we, we were able to demonstrate that. So I appreciated them coming to the table with, hey, these are the real core requirements. And this is, uh, I guess, the, the, the price of entry, mm -hmm. right? So you do this, then let's talk further, right? And it's kind of, that's exactly. kind of how it was. If you can't do this, we're not gonna even talk, but I think, yeah, once we showed we could do it. And it was almost meant to trip, uh, trip you guys up. Oh, it's yeah. like, there's no way that they can do this. And it, it almost seemed like, here's a hoop to jump through. And then Ken did it. Yeah. Oh, hold on. Now we're going to light the loop on fire. Now <laughs> jump through it again. Now we're going to make you jump the shark. Yeah. So, I mean, it just really just, it, it's like we kept throwing things at it and throwing things at, at, at NAV and just... It, every time it came out ahead and it was just it, it came to a point where how can you not go with it yeah and that's really what was the end result for us um, and to that point though it made SSI a clear choice for us as well because uh, one of the things that we loved about it is you know I mentioned that we're a, you know a 97 year old company and we're family owned and we've been in the Chicagoland area for so long really you don't want you know for us working with Ken working with the team um, it, it just seemed more like a good fit for for us. Um, one of the things I like to do is present things uh, to our executive team and let them come to their own decision because I think if they feel like they're they've been forced down a path, yeah. they'll end up rejecting it. But it, for sure. here's your options. What do you think? And really, at the end of it all, Nav became the choice, and they said, you know what, SSI seems like the kind of company that fits our values. We're a family company. This seems like a family business. You know, to say that you know Ken was working on this. Well, Ken, you're the president of the company, so that we've got that type of access to people in the company that are this invested in working with us. You know, we were looking at other companies as well, and they we didn't get that same feel. Mm. Now, the beauty of it is, I already knew that going into it, but yeah. I let everybody else come to that decision on their own. So uh, it, it definitely made things go a lot smoother, and I think the fit was so much better for a company like ours. Very nice. Very nice. So. Once you guys decided to go with NAV and, and with Solution Systems as well, 
What are some of the benefits that you guys realized once Dynamics NAV was actually deployed? I think one of the benefits and detriments all at the same time is the visibility that it gave us into our actual data. Uh, and it's a very scary thing. And one of the things uh, I used to say to everybody, like even when we were initially quoting the product, I would tell people, this is going to uncover a lot of our dirty secrets that we were unaware of. This is going to pull a lot of skeletons out of closets. This is going to just really scare you because I don't think, and no company really knows this when you're, and we were coming off of a, practically a green screen system. Yeah. You don't know what you don't know. This is going to highlight all those deficiencies. This is going to highlight all of those gaps. So, it's good though. Oh, it's a right? it's a beautiful thing. It's right. uh, but it's scary. Also scary, yes. And I think and that's what I was trying to prepare you ready for is it's going to be scary. Yeah. And maybe these we're are not good as things. Good as we though. think we are. Oh, definitely. And one of the big things I wanted to make sure that everybody understood going into this is know that and let's respond to it and let's use. Um, NAV appropriately and let's use SSI appropriately to address those types of issues and those deficiencies that we're finding in our processes and our, in how our data is being transmitted. So Nice. That's pretty good. Mm -hmm. Great reasons to choose NAV. Uh, so you've had, you guys had NAV then for five years or so or whatnot. Everything's True. working pretty well and things are going good. Mm -hmm. Why did you guys choose to upgrade to Business Central earlier this year then? So really, and uh, one of the things I, I stressed heavily when we were going live is that this should be a non-event. It's going to be very stressful for the end users to change their environment that they're working in. Like I said, you're going out of this very green screen type of system where people are used to just randomly number punching. They don't know what they're doing. They're just pushing to enter, right. shift up. That does something. NAV doesn't work that way. So I think um, one of the big things that I was stressing to everybody is this is phase one. Phase one is I want you to get into it. I want you to be able to perform your job. I want to make sure we don't shut the doors. Right. And then once we're comfortable and we're to a level area where we, we've got our feet underneath us, we're feeling good, and that my end users are empowered and they feel strong about what they're doing, then let's start putting change in. Because I think that's where most ERP system implementations fail is everyone's trying to put in a new system and let's fix all these problems that we had and let's do this and let's... Yeah, that's going to inevitably bomb because you're doing too much change at once. Yeah. So really I wanted to get everybody to a nice level spot, everyone's stable, now let's bring in the upgrade and let's start <coughs> changing things. Um, so after three years, I think we were really at a point where we were like, you know what? Our end users are extraordinarily comfortable. They're managing mm -hmm. themselves. They know this system very well which is a testament to NAV because, once again, coming out of green screens and they're navigating their way through things and able right. to Easy troubleshoot use. things. And it's just, it was such a great system for us. So it got to the point where we're like, okay, now, now's where we're going to get our payoff. Let's do the upgrade. Let's start realizing some of these enhancements and some of these features that we want to change about us and uh, really look at what's out there. And to use the current system, I mean, it was three years outdated at that point in time, so let's get right. something new in here because there's new features. <coughs> so, so yeah, so you go in from like like green screens, I'm guessing that that version was there for a long time. Uh, over 20 years. Wow. 20 years, right? Yeah. So then you get NAV and then within four or five years, able to upgrade, mm -hmm. um, easier than a, a whole new implementation. Um, but I heard something that I thought was important, which is 
like when you're implementing or even upgrading phase one do what you're doing today mm -hmm. yes. that's what I, how I would say that exactly and and then get comfortable get settled down now take on some don't overbuild up front mm -hmm. yeah um, instead get get some confidence some return on your investment and then add right. pieces because it's, it's fairly easy to overwhelm users if you if you throw everything at them at once and then they don't know how to do things and issues happen things happen oh sure and I so, think the other problem is you're not you don't know what it results to expect so I mean if I, we're doing the exact same processes that we're doing um, from our old system to our new system I know what the out um, the outcome should be whereas if we start changing too much I don't know what that outcome is going to be so I, I kind of like here's what the outcome is but there's these holes there there's the missing financial data there's this that there's there's these parts of this whole workflow that are missing nav's identifying it we're still getting the outcome that we need but it showed us where we're losing money or where we're not able to track things so to that point I mean doing the same things that you can do in your old system and your new system I think gives you a expected outcome and I think mm -hmm. it makes the, the implementation process easier yeah um, one of the things I didn't mention though just even to really um, uh, point out how NAV was such a strong system we had two botched implementations prior to NAV so prior to me coming on board there were two bad ERP implementations where they tried to upgrade into newer systems or change over systems oh. so they were really stuck at, or set on going to LN because we tried changing systems and it blew up. Yeah. And then we tried doing it up and it blew up. So just to really highlight how good NAV was. Salesman on staff, 20 years using the same system, two batched or two botched um, changeovers. And NAV still wow. really showed itself off and showed how powerful it was. It's a good testament to NAV then. Mm-hmm. Slash business central. I, well, I, and I would say uh, I, I agree 100% with that. <laughs> But also, I think it's it's also the team of people at any company who are responsible and right for implementing the key users and the management team. There has to be buy-in at the top level, and people have to know there that that it's a priority, and that yeah, it may be tough here. You got to learn this new system and do your current job, mm -hmm. but we want to get it done as soon as possible. So that buy-in from the top level, and then that, and then the people that actually train and, and do their work and make sure yeah. things they understand how they're going to do things um, to me that's even maybe even more important but those are the two key pieces right obviously you have to have the right software mm -hmm. for your business but it's that people internally to to make those decisions on how to how to get that job done I think nice so so you guys are using business central now what uh what's next any uh, any great features you're looking forward to or Anything related to AI is going to be huge for us. Oh. Um, you know, we really want to get into more of the predictive uh, aspects of, uh, of uh, BC. You know, and, and to Ken's point from before, I mean, we have a phenomenal uh, key user community and actually if, uh, just a great community of users in general. Um, one of the things that I think has made us successful throughout this entire process is my job has really been to orchestrate a lot of what's happening. Our end users have done a lot of the heavy lifting. They've, because uh, if I bring out a solution, I'm going to take a very IT-related approach to it. This makes sense. Mm -hmm. This is how you should do it. That's not the way that I like to uh, run my departments or do anything that I uh, any systems that I implement. I want the end users to actually own it. 
and with good key users, they will take ownership of it. So really my job is more of like a landlord per se. Um, I want to basically, I want to don't wreck my building, <laughs> but how you choose to decorate your apartment and what furniture you choose to put in it. I'm good with that. Nice. If you're going to knock out a wall, call me. Yeah. Let me know what you're doing first. Um, nice. That's more the approach I like to take with it. And what's been so helpful with that is that, as I mentioned, we have phenomenal uh, users, but that ownership in the system has let it grow because they take it personal now. They feel that this is my system. This is, you know, the purchasing module is mine. The planning module is mine. The finance module. These are my things. Don't get in them. And they're very uh, protective of it, but they're also very knowledgeable of it. So... With the upgrade process, you know, it was very good because really what I did was make sure that the systems were in place, make sure that, you know, we had the right servers, that we had enough memory allocated, you know, resources, all of those things. The end users were the ones that were saying, this is what's broken, this is what's not broken, uh, this is what's working, this is what I don't like. Uh, one of the things that we did uh, on this upgrade that I thought worked very well for us was I gave all of our key users uh, laptops running Business Central. So what uh, they were able to do is, because really when you do the pilot tests or all of your other mm -hmm. scenarios, you're going to make a list of like five or six items because, okay, these are the things we do every day. And they're going to test them and it's going to work. Here's a laptop. Put it next to your desk. Run a process. When you're done, done doing that, go onto the laptop and try that same thing through Business Central. And we were able to find so many more things that weren't up to... Um, or customizations or they weren't mm -hmm. working right so we in that step were able to find it so that when we went live it was honestly a non-event we never shut down we had a couple of weird hiccups in the morning but nothing that where anybody was none of the shareholders were calling me and going what, what's going on here <laughs> so and the end users did not lose faith and that's the the biggest part is if the end users have faith in what you're doing and if the end users have faith in the system and maintaining that that keeps it moving forward they're willing to keep going yep mm -hmm. nice very nice so uh i love that analogy of the landlord, the landlord. Mm -hmm. that's great it's pretty good that's very good <laughs> you could probably create a whole you could write a little short story or, or book yeah about that uh, expanding on that whole concept well totally. that's really and it goes back to that respect for the user i i can't tell somebody in purchasing or in planning how to do their job very well so you know what make yeah. it yours and I think that ownership gives people that, that pride in what they're doing and their pride in the system. And it, it, at the end of the day, it grows the system. So it makes, it, it makes NAV or BC, now BC more valuable to the company because it's, it's doing more than our old system could have ever done. And really, like I said, all I want to do is make sure that you're not breaking anything. You know, you're not <laughs> doing anything that's you know, tearing the system down or doing things yeah. that it shouldn't be doing. So it's, it's been very helpful. And I think... Uh, Treating it like, like you said, like a, like an apartment. Just don't knock down any walls. And then I'm fine with it. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. So that's all the questions I've got for Jim. What about you, Ken? Anything? Good? Yeah, I, I think I'm good. Um, the only other kind of question that I had was, you know, if you if you look in terms of, you know, we've talked about how, you know, we, we as a Microsoft partner are your primary contact point. Mm -hmm. um, you know, what's your, do you have any impressions or thoughts just on Microsoft in general and the approach they've taken and what they're up to? Uh, thoughts on that? I really like how Microsoft is, to me, focusing more attention on BC. 
I always felt like it was kind of like it's a great product and it just sort of was it it was a consistent product and we don't really need to focus a lot of attention on it and now it really seems like it's getting that spotlight and the integrations that they're putting into it uh, and how they're tying it into all of the other Microsoft products really seems like they're taking it more seriously if you would and mm -hmm. it's really turning into more of a uh, enterprise application. I mean, I think it always has been, but I think really now it's going to that next level where it's just you yeah. can run your whole business off of off of this software, and it's yeah. very seamless and very intuitive to the end users, and that's really what's huge. Yeah, they're really focusing, I think, on being cutting edge with extensions, apps, and and all that type of stuff. So, yeah. I agree completely. All right. Yeah. Thank, well, again, thank you for joining us today. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna include you in the rest of our segments here throughout the rest of the podcast here. But uh, yeah. I just wanted to say thank you for attending. Happy to have you. Yeah. And thanks uh, for all the input. We truly appreciate it. No, always. I appreciate it too. Thanks so much for having me here. I love uh, I love this opportunity, and I really for um, people that are looking at Nav or using Nav. I mean, I I love the opportunity to be able to express my you know pleasure with it, just because. It's nice for other professionals in the industry to share their experiences and things that help them get through certain right. uh, things like upgrades and expectations and change management. So those little tidbits, I think, uh, can always be helpful. Definitely, 100%. All right. So, all right, everybody. Thanks. Next, we're going to talk about uh, the featured app, which is a document customizer. So, All right. We'll be back. Back for segment four, which is our featured Business Central app. Uh, today we're going to be looking at an app called Document Customizer. And what it is, is it allows you to customize documents just like it says. So the reason for having this, why would somebody want a Document Customizer? Well, you know, a sales rep is going to produce, let's say, an order confirmation. A warehouse employee is going to want to put a you know, delivery note in a box and, a, and an accountant produces an invoice for a customer. Each, each person, each division uh, wants something different most likely on their documents. Right now in Business Central you can, you can do it, but it's a little complicated with the Word document and, and changing it and it's pretty, it's pretty complicated. So I tried out Document Customizer, I installed it, it went really well for the installation. The only thing I got hung up on in the beginning was once it was installed, I could not find a way to run their setup. I searched for a document customizer, found it, tried going through the setups that they had. It just it just wasn't working at first. It turns out the setup is on the little notification that pops up on your, your homepage. Okay. You have to click it there, and then you can run through the setup. Um, so really easy to install. Uh, it took me eight steps to customize a document. I could customize anything from the header, the footer, fields, whatever whatever it was, I went through and just pulled out like a customer number just to see how easy it was. Like I said, eight steps, went right through, pulled it right out. You can save it. Um, it's integrated right within Business Central, so it's, it's fairly easy to use. You can preview your document before you actually decide to go with it. Um, so there was no additional software you had to install. You just nothing. installed the app yep. off of AppSource. And that gave you everything that you needed to do? Yeah, it basically gave you a, a document customizer page within Business Central and uh, showed you, once it was linked, showed you all the documents that you had and you can choose what to change and, and whatnot. It was really simple. A lot easier than using the Word 
Word template in Business Central. Right, because one of the things, one of the thing about the Word templates is that, yeah, you you can move things around and add in different variables into your documents, but I know you you, you can't uh, do any like business logic right. in terms of maybe changing the sections and, mm -hmm. and things like that, which right. I think it looks which like this can. gives you some more flexibility. Yeah, and it, like like I said, you're not exporting anything out it's all done in business central which made it a lot easier with the word when you have to export it to word change it import it and and whatnot and hope everything works out so uh let's see what else was, were there any else. things that you found or um or, or it was listed that you you couldn't do with this tool anything that like or you know so the only thing that i found you couldn't do was move and maybe just because I didn't explore it enough, can't move things around the way I wanted to. So if I wanted to pull customer number off and then add it back, it was in the same exact spot. I couldn't move it to a different part of the, mm. the invoice or whatnot. Okay. So it has predefined templates. I didn't, um, but maybe it says you can create a brand new look and feel. Thing. Right, yeah, so yeah. It, it, it might be possible. But uh, pricing wise, it's probably one of the less expensive apps that I've seen. For one to two users, it's $109 per year. For three to four users, $697 per year. Which, I don't know, does that sound reasonable to you, Jim? It actually does sound pretty reasonable. <laughs> so the, but these are, these are not um, users of the document customizer. These are based on your total number right. of Business Central users, mm -hmm. right? So if you have nine, for example, five to nine total yeah. Business Central users, then you're paying fourteen hundred dollars or so, right? US exactly. dollars per month. Well, now we're changing the story, but right. are you changing a little yeah. bit? It's not just the report designers themselves. It's based on your total number of users mm. and, the, and a price scale that caps at. 50 or more users is capped at approximately 3,500 per yeah. year. Is that right? Or yeah, 3,400, yeah. Yeah. Which makes me wonder though, if you so told them you only had two users. Well, who bought NAV or BC with two users? Well, there, there's people out there. Wow. Yeah, definitely. There's a lot of people out there actually, yeah. And there are people out there and there are people who start with that. Ah, I see. Yeah. Right. Scale up. As so you they they're evaluating the software. They want to purchase it or, or or get a subscription for it. I should say. I see. Yeah. And they're paying seventy or a hundred dollars for two users, but then they want to add something like this in and start actually start their implementation, if you will, uh, before they start ramping up all their users because they don't why mm. pay per month for for mm. all of them so. I just wonder what happens if you had 20 users and you said you only got four. I wonder. How that works, how they yeah, validate. Yeah, how they validate They may what? validate the license against the enabled number of enabled users in the mm. user table. Okay. Right? Because there are named users right. now, so they, it does so use it might. The, reference the, the user's yeah. table. But all in all, very simple to use. Uh, I liked it. It's probably one of the easier apps that I've used since we've been doing this, so it's definitely definitely something uh, customers should take a look at if they do a lot of document customizing or whatnot and need it.
That's great. So you have had some exposure <coughs> here at Solution Systems to, to some of our end users. Would you say that a typical end user should be able to learn how this works and go about modifying their documents or maybe so, one person at the company, like an IT person, well, would, would, would use this tool? Great question. Uh, I think anybody can actually use it and modify documents on a basic level. Right, like I said, removing a customer number or, or whatever you want to do, something basic. Yeah. As it gets more advanced, I would definitely have just one person dedicated to using it. Right. Because, I mean, it, it seems like it can get pretty advanced with what you need. So. Yeah. And I, I didn't install it and, and look at it, but I did look at some of the online videos, and they do have a huge library. I think over online, 100 videos or something. Online yeah. videos. A lot of them are short little videos, 30 seconds to yeah. two minutes maybe, where they show, they demonstrate how you would... How do you add a field? Or whatever. Yeah, exactly. How do you yeah. hide a caption? How do you move a field or whatever it is? Right. But there's a ton of uh, helpful videos out there. Yeah. Is what I saw. Yeah, I think anybody, if they want to spend the time on it, can actually learn how to use it really well. Um, like I said, that being said, though, if you don't want to spend the time learning it, you can do basic stuff. I wouldn't get too much, too much into it if you don't want to spend the time learning it, though. Yep. So a uh, good price point, and they do offer a free trial. So it is possible check to out just the free trial, yep. install it, check it out for yourself, yeah. and, and make it make a decision. And maybe we'll Jim try it out and uh, report back. There you go. <laughs> I'm looking it up right now. So nice. All right, thanks everybody. Stay tuned for our next uh, segment. So we're back here for segment five with our Business Central feature spotlight, and today is uh, going to be a pretty good one. Ken's going to be talking about the uh, Yodely. I guess bank feed service uh, or integration, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, and it's very, uh, it's very good actually. Yeah, quick and e quick and easy to use. So, so one of the things that we we've seen is a, is a lot of new customers who are, you know, now running Business Central who came from QuickBooks, yeah. and one of the things that QuickBooks has is a direct integration with banks. So uh, as an example, if you were to, um, for example, uh, transfer money into your bank, right, or make a deposit, like at the bank, then you could just import those transactions into QuickBooks. And so there is now a standard feature in Business Central called uh, InvestNet Yodely Bank Feeds Service. Uh, which you can configure and set up inside of Business Central. Now this is available currently only for Business Central Cloud customers. Uh, it's offered as a service that's included uh, with the cloud version. Um, but what it basically does is it replicates that same functionality that, that you might see in QuickBooks. Um, so within Business Central you, can, you, you go into your bank account and on your bank account um, page up on the ribbon there's a, an option called bank statement service and then there's a button under there called link to online bank account so what you do is you just click on link to online bank account and it pops open a little window where you enter in the name of your bank okay. so for example chase so you start typing chase and I as I type in CHA for example I see Chartway, Charles Schwab, Chase. Okay. Right. So there, there are a, a large, pretty large number of banks. And um, is there anything there if your bank is not listed? 
Or does it have to be listed? I believe it has to be. Okay. It has to be one of the banks that's on there. Um, so now in terms of those banks, so for example, just to kind of give you an idea, this is not all of the banks, but this is just kind of a quick list I put together. Um, you have Chase, Wells Fargo, NC, U.S. Bank, Bank of America, Key Bank, BMO Harris, CIBC, Huntington, Northern Trust, Fifth Third, SunTrust, BB&T, Capital One, HSBC, JP Morgan, PayPal. Schwab, TD Ameritrade, and others. So pretty much every Everybody. major bank you can think of. Yeah. Most <laughs> yeah. most large banks, yes, are included. And and so Yodely provides this service, this banking integration mm -hmm. service, and, and, and Microsoft works with them to incorporate this. So you, you find your bank, and, and then you, um, you enter your online banking right in there, user ID and password, and it then hooks up your business central bank account with your online bank really right well, very easy yeah so so now you you get it all set up and then there is a new page in business central um, it's called payment reconciliation journal so you open up the payment reconciliation journal and the, under the process button there's an option called import bank transactions so what you do is you, you import the bank transactions into this window, and then you have uh, two options. You can either post payments only, so you're, you're basically posting these transactions that have hit your bank that have not hit Business Central, or you can actually do an, a, a two-step process in one step. You can post the payments and reconcile your bank account. Wow. So Very it will nice. actually match up transactions <coughs> against um, entries that you may have hit, like your checks. Yeah. You cut your AP checks, they're already in Business Central, and it will it will reconcile those at the same time. And to be clear then, this is not a feature that was even available in NAV, right? Correct. This is just purely Business Central Cloud. That's right. Very nice. Yep. So I think this is a huge um, improvement. It eliminates uh, duplicate entry. You know, if someone's going on doing on banking right. in their online banking uh, site, uh, you then can can feed these in. And there's actually a setup where you can have it on a regular basis. You can set up a schedule to have the system automatically import those entries into the payment reconciliation journal. Wow, so even smart automation. So then you just go nice. in yeah. and, and check them out, and, and then it's all you, right there. That, that's and then pretty you good. You do have to hit post before they actually become officially effective in your financials. That's great. That's so. phenomenal. Yep. So, so that, sorry, just wanted to yeah share that that great new feature um, that's out there. Again, it is it is for for Business Central Cloud customers only. You think everybody in the cloud should be using it? Um, I, you know what? I don't know because that's a great question. I've talked to a few people. We definitely we have multiple customers that are using it currently. But I've talked to some other people that said that they thought that would end up being more confusing. Really? Right. And I think okay. I think that's just people. Maybe it's it's people who have been for years managing Doing these separately, yeah. knowing what's in the system, what's in the online bank, doing a journal entry to get that, you know, that, that, that 
online banking entry posted yeah, and then yeah. separately doing a reconciliation. Mm -hmm. So I think I could see that perspective yeah. where it's kind of fairly unknown. You're kind of blending these processes together now, um, and it and it could it, it, there is a possibility, yeah, where you, it might not you could end up with some confusion there. Yeah, but I think uh, it absolutely is. A, it's great to have it available. Yeah, it's something that a lot of people just flat out expect to be there mm -hmm. on a regular basis. Especially coming from QuickBooks, right? That's right. Yeah. So. Um, Yep. So I wanted to share that, and we'll we'll put a link and some documentation up on the on the podcast site. Awesome. Uh, Great. This. Yes, we will. So, all right. Our next segment, we're going to do a little uh, holiday wrap up and see what uh what everybody's plans are and whatnot. So stay tuned. All right. Being the time of the year that it is December, I'd like to first start off by wishing everybody a happy holidays, and then maybe talk about a little bit what we do for the holidays, traditions, and whatnot. Ken, you do anything special for the holidays, or have any yeah traditions so, you follow? Well, we, we have we have what I would call um, I guess uh, semi biannual holiday traditions. Okay. So about every other year, all of my in laws live in uh, the Raleigh, North Carolina area. Mm -hmm. So pretty much every other year, it seems we we go down there. Oh, cool. enjoy visiting with all of our family down there. This year we'll be here, mm. so. Uh, probably taking a few days off, right, between uh, Christmas and New Year's. Nice. So I'll take some days off there. Um, and and otherwise, in terms of, like, traditions, uh, I kind of have two traditions. One is um, a college football bowl pool oh, that I participate in. So college football bowl games start yeah. around there. So I like, I like to watch a lot of college football yeah. at the end of the year. Um, and also, we'll take the kids. I have two teenagers now. We'll take them uh, down into Chicago. We'll do a dinner and a show, oh, or okay. a show and a dinner, depending nice. on what day it is, matinee or, or whatever. So, so that's your, always we always enjoy that. So is your family coming in then from from North Carolina? Or no. Is it just, okay. So no. We'll, you we'll, would just go out there every other we'll year. We'll miss them. Yeah. Maybe next summer we'll go there to North Carolina. But um, yeah. So this year we're we're apart from from that side of the family. Nice. Nice. So. How about yourself, Jim? Uh, well, this is actually the kickoff of all of the nights that I'm not home with my family. <laughs> so, um, uh, for the most part, uh, one of my favorite holiday traditions, I have two of them, um, actually three. One of them is I get together with all my uh, friends from childhood. We all get together, go to dinner every year. Um, and it's just such a great tradition because, I mean, we're all in our 40s now. And it's just nice to see the guys that all grew up together. We can yeah. get together and... Still, still, still hang out, and everyone's in different walks of life. I mean, everything, you know, every different uh, type of job. And but it's still imagine. like you just saw each other yesterday. Oh, exactly. Mark of good friends. And it's so funny because everyone's on equal playing field. Yeah. And that's the greatest part of it. Uh, on top of that, my daughter uh, has her birthday on the 23rd, the poor doll. Oh. So I try to always. <laughs> Who is responsible that for that? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, good Lord. That's a good question. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, it, uh, I try to always do that, but very similar to yourself. Take her downtown. Take the whole family downtown, I should say. Uh, do dinner and a movie. Uh, yeah. Star Wars year, so you got to enjoy that. Uh, nice. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's coming out right around there, right? Those who have seen Ken on the podcast know he looks like J.J. Abrams, so, you know. <laughs> Take it as a compliment. 
It's a good thing. <laughs> it's pretty good. But uh, yeah, no, that's the same. And then every year at my house, I host Christmas for all of uh, my family from both sides. So what I like to call it is the orphans Christmas. Like basically, it's who doesn't have like a big house to go to come to my house, <laughs> and it just makes for a much more fun time. And it's just it's a great tradition. And it just started off with. Uh, my cousin uh, Pete and I doing this every year, and then it just sort of evolved into this very large party, and I just absolutely love it. And the kids see his full house full of people every year, so I love it. That's great. That's How about yourself? So, yeah, I do a couple of traditions as well. I actually do one just like you where my friends and I get together every year, which is actually happening this Friday night. We go out for dinner, and we, we, we tend to smoke a couple of cigars. It's, it's kind of our thing. Um, I also do a holiday party every year, which is this Saturday. Uh, it's a good time. Family comes over, have a lot of fun, a lot of arguing. We're Italians, so we're pretty loud. It's, it's, the stereotypes are kind of true, you know what I mean, with the arguing. But that makes it fun to look back and laugh. It does. Oh, always, yeah. And Keeps you grounded. Exactly, yeah. And at Christmas Eve, I have some family over as well, so we do a lot of fish on Christmas Eve. Do you do the Feast of the Seven Fishes? We don't do seven fishes, but we probably do about five. So, yeah, we do octopus and shrimp and, and stuff like that, yeah. So it's good. Oh. Well, I, I don't. I'm not Italian like you, gentlemen. Yeah. Uh, but I have a some Polish tradition. My German and Polish. Nice. So we used to do a traditional Polish. Uh, really. Uh, yeah, Christmas Eve dinner. Nice. Um, not not so much anymore, but uh, it, it was. I look back on it fondly. And I yeah. Really remember that's good, great. To, you're still doing it. Like you still. Yeah, do we still do it every year. Yeah, we still do. Yeah. So uh, I know we, we do like ravioli on on uh, Christmas Day, but yeah. So yeah, he like he was referring to the feast of seven fishes. That's that's a lot of fish, <laughs> you know. You guys do it. My in laws uh, do, um, but uh, I have to laugh because my son and daughter are both rather high maintenance, which I do love about both of them. So if they could have seven fishes, they would do it. Oh, they would do it totally. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know other than lobster, clams, and you know they would really yeah. go all for this and shrimp. But that's awesome. That's great. God but yeah, that's what it's about. It's all about traditions and everything and, and, and whatnot. I also uh, looking forward to. Ken's football pool, which I haven't won yet. Yeah. Right? Is that the one you're referring to? The one you fun. put up? Right, yeah. It is. So it's it's like more a, fun when you win, though. What is there? There's like a hundred football, bowl, like college football bowl games yes. these days. A lot. And, you know, when when the, I don't know, the the Rice versus, right, yeah. um, <laughs> you know, Temple bowl <laughs> game on, you normally don't care. But yeah. I'm telling you what, if you picked one of those two teams, you're gonna turn it pool, on and take a look, or even look if up, you've yeah. only wagered five dollars on it, you suddenly have an interest. You do. In, in who wins that game, and it yeah. becomes a lot more interesting. Yeah, my it does. Uh, it would make it more interesting. It does. My college skills aren't aren't up to par. There's just so many teams to follow, like he was saying. So, but it, I'm gonna yeah. get lucky one year. Yeah. What about for your flashlight sledding? I, oh my candlelight sledding! Candlelight sledding. <laughs> It's always a good time. Light a candle, go down a hill, right? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Doesn't it blow out? Yeah. I like short walks on the beach, too. There you go. <laughs> Doesn't blow out. Do you like pina coladas? You know? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. With a big umbrella. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh, man. But uh, actually, yeah, I haven't been sledding in a couple years, so I'm actually going to try that this year. That'll be a good time. There you go. If we get snow. But uh, uh, The last time I went sledding, which was, I think, maybe, let's say, two years ago. Yeah. I realized I maybe should not be sledding anymore mm. uh, down the same hills that my kids are anyway. Right? <laughs> your, your body it gets, doesn't have the same uh, shock absorbency oh, as it used not. to of like course. 20 years ago. Yeah. 
Especially if you fall off at high speed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it is fun, though, but you can kind of just grin it off. And even though you're sort of like the Tin Man from The Wizard of Oz and you yeah. need an oil can, you're just like squeaking the whole way back up, you know. But. <laughs> Questioning why you even did it, so. Show them up. <laughs> it's exactly why, yep. Uh, so, yeah, happy holidays to everybody. I wish all you guys happy holidays, you guys and your families and whatnot. And uh, Happy holidays to you, too. Happy New Year Everyone. as well. As well. Thanks a lot, everybody. Thank you. Take care.